When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome back to Inside Michigan Football. And uh, as we are every week throughout the college football season, we're joined by head coach here at the University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Coach, congratulations on a good win. Thank Um, you. What is it about that game that now that you've had a chance to reflect on it, that your thoughts are on how your team performed? There was a lot of good. There was a lot of good, consistent play. Uh, And certain players, I mean, uh, go through like, Blake Corum and um, Ronnie Bell, uh, Hassan Haskins, Andrew Vistardis, uh, and then on defense, Dax Hill, Aiden Hutchinson, Brad Hawkins. Uh, so many to choose from, and just they played really great. Like, mm-hmm. this is how you play football. And a tremendous example for for so many other players at their position, a Greg Crippen, uh, Andrew Anthony, for them to watch, for J.J. to to just see how Cade operated. I mean, how he um, was on top of everything, you know, really uh, had a great handle of the, of the offense, the protections, the, the managing of the, of the game. Guys like Braden McGregor and them seeing Aiden play and, mm-hmm. and so on. The, the young linebackers watching Josh Ross, um, the secondary players watching Dax and, and uh, R.J. Moten to be able to see Dax and, and, and Brad and how they played in the, you know, there's a difference there. There's mm-hmm. a difference of, uh, and it really, I, I think it somewhat in hesitation, you know, a little hesitation, but you see no hesitation from Aiden Hutchinson and the older guys and, uh, you know, the guys that are playing at the really high level, um, and Donovan Edwards to be able to watch those two backs. Uh, it's just going to be so great for their, for their growth. And, uh, speaking of Donovan Edwards, he was, he was pretty darn, darn good in his own right. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, came close to, I mean, some really good runs, some uh, north-south type of runs. He's going to break one. Uh, uh, love the way he's been playing all camp and the way he played yesterday. What's the most, uh, or what's the most difficult thing for a young running back 
when he gets in the game? Because you, you get a chance, you mentioned it, from some of the, the upperclassmen, Hassan Haskins. You know, he's, he's a north-south guy. He always seems like he, you know, upon contact, he never loses yards. He always falls forward. He's always driving. And Blake Corum, we saw him in so many different ways. What is it for Donovan Edwards or for a young running back that is the biggest challenge getting into a game? I think it's going north and south um, and, and trusting that, you know, you, you can run through the smoke uh, and, and come out the other side with a big run. That's how you can get up on a safety. That's how you can get in space. And I think the young running backs uh, are used to running up in the hole. And then if I just circle the defense. I'm just going to be faster than everybody else. Yeah, and I'll just run around everybody and run for 60 yards. And, uh, you know, Blake had some amazing runs. And he, he did it. Did it between the tackles, uh, getting through the the line of scrimmage, up on a safety, making a miss, and then uh, then getting outside or or uh, taking it up the middle and, and making it a, making a safety miss. So uh, and Donovan really from game one, you know, there wasn't always like that in practice, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, I think he uh, it was great to see. You know, right out of the freshman year, game one. I mean, there were some really. Uh, good aggressive runs that he was he was taking it right up the right between the tackles and showing that he can he can do that because we and we know he can do the other things and we know he can get on the perimeter and and catch the ball and and, and uh, obviously we've been talking a lot about it the running backs are a real strength on our team Ronnie Bell you mentioned him and you mentioned earlier today or you announced earlier today that he was going to be out for the season with a knee injury what does how big of a hit to your team is that loss, not just for what he was able to do on the field and his explosive plays, but his leadership? Well, he's going to continue to lead uh, from the sideline. He was out there at practice today. I mean, he's going to be going to be really involved. Uh, but <laughs> just you know, he's saddened. Uh, one because he was he was so prepared. He was he was so so ready, and the, and then. I mean, he was carrying our team the first quarter along with, with Blake. I mean, both of them made the made the big, huge plays and really got us going. Um, yeah, his preparation and what – you know, just how ready he was and what kind of year I, I think he was going to have. Plus also, you know, personally I've been there myself where you mm-hmm. – uh, once in college, twice in the NFL where you get uh, – you know, you're, you're out for the season with a season-ending injury. Fortunately, they're surgical uh, – repairs and uh best medical care be given him and then the way he'll attack it too uh mm-hmm. the rehab you know no doubts about that but um you know, the guys are gonna have to step up can one guy just fill the shoes of ronnie bell i don't i don't know if that's possible it's, it's possible mm-hmm. uh i don't know if it'll happen yeah you know, but it may may take uh may take a couple guys uh roman wilson aj henning um dalen baldwin um, you know, he was it was a game time decision for Dalen to to play. He had he was working through something, and then uh, as often happens, I mean, you get the you get the adrenaline on game day, and he goes and uh, you know catches a catches a big touchdown pass. So um, yeah, there's Andrell Anthony's another guy. Christian Dixon made some plays. We had a scrimmage today for for young guys. So uh, there'll there'll be there'll be guys that uh, are capable. Opportunity. And, yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, there's that, and somebody will want it bad mm-hmm. enough. Somebody will want it, hopefully, uh, as much as, as Ronnie did because that's the kind of player he is. he's always been. He just wants it. He wants it more. Uh, and, 
you know that that example is there for uh, for the the seeing the the observing and, mm-hmm. and I think it'll rub off and and, and Ronnie will Ronnie will help a lot. Um, but yeah, it's sad. One of the things I noticed from your receiving group is their ability to block downfield. And Eric All had a catch that was in the flat, um, and Mike Sammer still turned, found somebody, and put a hat on a hat. Um, A.J. Henning, when he had his big play, um, big Chuck Filiaga was pulling around there and uh, cleared out a hole, but then downfield – um, there was great blocking to create big plays. Has that been a point of emphasis in that room to get downfield and, and you know, block? And we always talk about the offensive linemen, and you mentioned Andrew Vistardis, but those wide receivers, it's so important that they get down there. Has that been a point of emphasis for this team? Yeah, it really has. Uh, thought something that we could really improve on from last year to this year. Uh, Mike Sanders still had a, had a big block early on Blake Corum's touchdown, and then uh, – to see Roman Wilson, uh, you know, get a big block downfield on A.J. Henning's mm-hmm. long touchdown run uh, on the reverse. I mean, he was 50 yards downfield getting a touchdown block, and 40 yards down the field was uh, Hassan Haskins getting the same kind of block and a smart block, you know, just just used his body coming yeah. back at a at a player, didn't get the penalty. I um, mean, that, that's cause of some high-level stuff. Uh and great to see in Roman because, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, it's something that's been an emphasis. And, you know, he's just starting to do it. You know, uh, there was through camp, uh, boy, there it is. There it is again. And then see it again uh, in the game. Uh, re- really encouraging. Uh, you look at this offense, and you mentioned Andrew Vistardis. Up front, we got a chance to see Zach Zinter for a little bit. He had that, that, that cast on his hand. Um, how's he doing in you know the performance of this offensive line? How would you grade it after you saw it uh, uh, from Saturday? You know, it, uh, after looking at the film, it really looked it looked a lot better. Um, you know, I knew it. I knew Andrew had had a really good game. Bastardus uh, didn't know how good until until watching the tape. I mean, he was he was coming off the ball, uh, you know, getting vertical, getting up on the second level, blocking the first level, uh, pulled couple times he had a uh, a great block on Henning's touchdown uh, on, a, on a pull and a cut mm-hmm. uh, you know just he's just so uh, so good I you know I think there's some PFF stats out there that that had him as one of the top linemen in the country uh, for the ball game that he had and uh, other other really good stuff too um, uh, Stuber uh, really felt like he had a good game um, Hayes and Keegan really had some had some moments too, uh, working together on some double teams and and getting back to getting back to some linebackers. Um, there was, uh, you know, a way that a couple teams played us last year uh, in our gap schemes where they were taking the nose and and uh, running them over the top mm-hmm. of the center and coming backside. Uh, Michigan State and and uh, Rutgers they were uh, effective with that. Last year, and you, you had to think, okay, Western watched the tape. They they looked at that, and um, but we really uh, we really did a good job. Uh, you know, really stifled that that maneuver. Uh, so it was really that was really encouraging. As as a group, watching the tape, it was better. It was better than uh, I even originally thought. When you rush for over 300 yards, you think it's pretty darn good, right? Yeah. Um, and the other fact was the the quarterback, I think, really only got touched once 
maybe twice. One was on the screen where J.J. held the ball. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really good performance by the offensive line. So let's talk about your quarterback, Cade McNamara. Um, your thoughts after watching the film on what he did well and some areas you'd like to see him improve upon from week one to week two. Yeah, I thought he did really well. He, he, he really managed the game well. Um, uh, I could say there's, there, we had some substitution issues on defense. Uh, we had a, we had a few on, on special teams too. We, we played one punt return with only, with only 10 guys, uh, ended up being a fair catch, but, uh, there was, you know, some alignment issues, but, uh, not on offense on offense. Uh, you know, it was real, it was real dialed in and, uh, yeah, there's improvements, but Kate, Kate was a big, hu- huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, making sure that everybody's in the right place, giving reminders, uh, uh, you know, just getting the, you know, the flow of the team. I mean, his demeanor was outstanding and calming, got the ball to a lot of different playmakers. I mean, I think you asked me or somebody did last week, you know, what's, what does he do best? I mean, makes other players better. And, and that's number job number one for a quarterback and moving the team again. He was, uh, you know, drives end and scores with Kate. He's got a talent for 11 on 11 football, moving the team. Uh, what can he do better? Carrying out his fakes, um, you know, handing off, uh, carrying out his fake, pulling a, Pulling a defender with him, you know, not watching the, watching the run, but you know, there's some pretty darn good runs in that game. To, yeah, he didn't want to miss it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, things we're gonna things we're gonna work on, and uh, you know, excited for the way he came out and and played in his first ball game of, of the season. I know we got to get to a break, but before we do, I do want to ask you about J.J. McCarthy and the 69-yard the pass uh, for a touchdown that he had to uh, Baldwin. Um, cross the field like that, obviously showing so much talent when he let go of that ball. What was going through your mind at that point? I was just uh, – it was third and 25. I mean, him taking a shot downfield is, is okay in that situation, and uh, I wasn't quite sure he – he knew that later he, he said he did, um, but you he's, know, he's got that skill ready to go. <laughs> the BS skill. <laughs> Remember that skill It's an important one yeah. for a young guy. Yeah. It's, I mean, hearing described the play it, uh, you know, he's first going to go to AJ Henning, who was coming across the middle on a dig and, and uh, felt like the safety was, was involved. So sounded like he, yeah. he, he uh, now that could have been after he watched the tape and, and saw it, but, um, yeah, he, he described, you know, the mm-hmm. the eyes of the corner and thought he could get over his head and and uh, yeah, you know, you applaud him for for making that throw. Uh, and and in that situation, that's a pretty darn good, uh, pretty good decision. And and we never complain about touchdowns, John. No. By by the no. way, <laughs> by the way, let me just state for the record. I mean. We never. Uh, That's right. We never get mad at that. That's right. Well, we'll be back in. Now, does uh, that make it a good? You know, does it? Uh, does that make it a good decision? I mean, is hitting on eighteen and getting a three for twenty-one? Does that make? It, it makes it a good decision. Does that it's make a it a touchdown. good decision? No, we, <laughs> All right, we'll be back with Coach uh, in just a little bit more. You're listening to Inside Michigan Football from Learfield. You're listening to Inside Michigan Football, and uh, we've got head coach Jim Harbaugh. 
With us right now, and, and Coach, Saturday is going to be the 20-year anniversary of uh, the attacks our nation faced in 2001 um, on September 11. Uh, just real quick, your memories and thoughts of, of what you were doing that day and, and what it meant for our country and, and really for how it affected football at that time? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that's seared into your into my memory and uh, one of those times where you know exactly where you were and what you were doing. I was in California. Um, I'd just I'd been released um, from a pro team, and I wouldn't be signed for another four weeks after that. And mm -hmm. uh, So it was fairly early out there. and just get up and you start See hearing it, yeah. about it. You start watching it on TV and um, – yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those times where, gosh, I wish, you know, wish there was something I could do, you know, yeah. out in California watching this, all these things uh, happen, you know, back east. And uh, so inspiring, all the bravery that was yeah. taking place. And, uh, you know, a guy, David Turnley, you know, our, our good friend David Turnley, the mm -hmm. Pulitzer Prize winning photographer, was was there. He was in the, he was in New York and grabbed his camera and, and uh, went down and started – Started documenting it. Uh, it was it was one of those feelings that you know just wish there was something that could be done and um, but just you know just 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 watching you mm -hmm. know and uh, it was horrific. It was it was and uh, there's no easy transition. Uh, but this past weekend, um, Jim Brandstatter and Dan Deerdorf uh, announced that they were. Uh, going to retire after this football season. And uh, Jim has been doing this for, I think he said, 43 years. Um, he's been on, on the radio broadcast, and yeah. um, this will be eight for, for Dan. What do those two guys mean to Michigan football and, and the Michigan football family? Well, first, I make a plea that they, they don't retire. Um, and could give them one piece of – my first thing would be to give them the piece of advice that my dad, Jack Harbaugh, Gave to my brother and I when I think somebody asked, uh, you know, Dad, when do you, when is the time to retire from coaching? And he said, "You coach as long as you can coach. You coach till you can't possibly go another day, mm -hmm. not another game. You give it everything you you have. And once you've reached that point, then you coach for two more years. So." I would say to Jim and Dan, you know, give it two more, give it, give it two more years. I mean, that was my dad's advice after, after 47 years of coaching. So, uh, you know, uh, I know Jim's done it for 43 and, mm -hmm. but you're talking, when you talk about hall of fame type of careers, I mean, yeah. uh, household, household names. I mean, they're, they're, they're just people you've, you've listened to. You know, week after week, year after year. Uh, Jim was doing it when you were playing. He was yeah. still doing it when I was playing. And you, you watch some of those highlights, and you hear his voice. And it's just it, – it, it's Michigan football. Yeah, and, you're, and you go to the banquets, you know. I mean, as yeah. a high school player or a college player, I mean, uh, Dan Deardorff used to speak at our banquets. And mm -hmm. uh, just they, they've done so many things. It's, it's like with a lot of the, you know, the great – great broadcasters you just you're saddened i mean don't do it yeah you know yeah. don't retire we can't we don't want to it, it, it just won't wanna, seem the same yeah it's like pat summerall not broadcasting anymore john madden not 
not broadcasting anymore. Yeah. I remember as a youngster, Howard Cosell. No, don't retire, Howard Cosell. Yeah, uh-huh. we, we need you. Yeah. Um, but great. Give voices. it two more years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll relay that message and uh, and see what they say. Um, the defense uh, it was uh, our first look at Mike McDonald's defense, um, and we saw some great performances. You already you know mentioned a few of them, but what did you what did you learn about Coach McDonald in the moments before the game, during the game, and then as he talked to his players after the game, it was—I uh, mean—it was real sharp. Uh, you know, very, very cool, calm, collected, uh, and also, uh, you know, making adjustments, hollering out things like, you know, uh, I remember one play specifically where uh, they'd hit us on a third and four, a little roll pass, uh, where the back, the back came from. Uh, the opposite side, and, mm-hmm. and got out in the flat, and they hit one. And then uh, uh, two quarters later, I mean, we're in a third and third and two and a half, and uh, formation, junior, junior, the back to the field, and uh, he was calling it out before it happened. Called it out, yeah, uh, right before it happened. Knew where the ball was going to go, and, and junior ended up making the tackle in the backfield and stopped uh, one of their drives. But uh, yeah, I was in, in, impressed. Uh, um, you know, and, and, and a very good Western Michigan offense. Uh, and I, I saw, you know, as you stated in your opening, I mean, that uh, uh, they bled out a few few yards on some runs. Uh, but for the most part, we were able to, to control their running game and um, and got a couple drives where, you know, we aided them mm-hmm. with uh, with penalty. And, and for the most part, uh, you know, then, uh, you know, really did, a, did an excellent job adjustments. I mean, uh, you know, it's – it's only one game. We're not we're not falling in love with our own stuff because um, we we know we can get better and and uh, you know to hear Mike talk about it, uh, he felt it was good, uh, but also you know left some left some meat on the bone too and things we can we we can do a lot better. So you know all those things are encouraging. And that by the way was what Josh Gaddis, you know his impressions after the game. Same with uh, Jay Harbaugh uh, as well as special teams play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were some real opportunities. Uh, we could have could have blocked a punt. Um, you know, we get uh, uh, encouraging that you play well, but you also know that there's there's uh, multiple areas where the team can improve. We're going to have Sean Nua uh, on in just a little bit. Chris Hinton's going to join us next. And Mozzie Smith had his first start. Chris Hinton was right next to him. Um, you've got David Ojabo, Aiden Hutchinson up front as your starters. You rotated a whole bunch of guys in there. Um, just your thoughts on the defensive line and how they've continued to progress and you know put pressure on quarterbacks, stop the run, because you've got a very big offensive line coming to town in Washington this week. We do. They're, they're big. Uh, big, formidable uh, offense. Uh, and uh, I thought our guys, uh, you know, are really are really doing pretty darn good. Um, we 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 got in some more coverage situations uh, where we're playing. We're not always trying to uh, you know put the extra man in the box. You know, crowd the paint, um, and that's something that with our running game we did force Western Michigan to do defensively. Really mm-hmm. uh, pack the paint with, and then we were able to hit them on some reverses and some some deep throws. Uh, you know, we were able to adjust and go the opposite way defensively, where we played a little bit more coverage, and that puts a little bit more pressure on the on the uh, the front seven or the front 
six and, and in some cases the front five because they were playing with four wide receivers and um, and then to stop to still be able to control the running game in that situation was uh, was a really good sign. So, uh, you know, like Mike said, I mean, they left a little meat on the bone, but, uh, um, you know, there's uh, areas to improve, but I thought it was pretty darn good. And before we let you go, obviously 109,000 people, uh, the environment, the, the atmosphere was great. This Saturday night, it's going to be a maze out. Um, yeah. You know, what, what were your thoughts and uh, any messages to the fans as they, as they get ready for Saturday night? Yeah, I, I think I might have told you this earlier, but, uh, you know, after the game, you know, thinking about so many things, and then uh, I was able to talk to my dad who uh, had a couple kidney stones taken out this week. How's he doing? He's doing all right. He couldn't go to the game. Uh, he was, he was, uh, but he's feeling, he's feeling better today uh, and yesterday. But uh, what he said was, he said, you got to look at the TV copy, the opening shot. Mm-hmm. of uh of the stadium and the atmosphere and everything that was going on outside of the stadium he said he just you got to look at that shot and I did and it was yeah it gives the little little hairs on your arm you know stand up and night game this week and uh maze out uh, have one of those that'd be great to experience but yeah. uh yeah it's it's something some as we all know that's really special to us. I mean, that image, I mean, that image of a, you know, sold out stadium, 109,000 and some change. And, uh, I thought the, I thought everybody was really, really into it. Very, very, very happy. There weren't, wasn't a lot of half smiles. I mean, uh, I mean, everybody, including myself had a full smile just to be back in that atmosphere. Well, coach, appreciate your time and uh, best of luck in preparation for the Huskies. Thank you. We'll be back with Chris Hinton. Uh, Michigan's defensive lineman. This is Inside Michigan Football from Learfield. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Now joined by Chris Hinton. Uh, Michigan's defensive lineman, junior. Um, and first of all, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, your analysis of the defensive line against Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, as a defensive line as a whole, I think we played well for, you know, for the first game, got got our feet wet. <clears throat> I feel like we were aggressive all game. Um, obviously, we weren't perfect. Uh, as I stated, it was the first game. Um, in the film room today, we saw we needed to work on, and we're going to attack it this week and, and be better next week. But, you know, it, we're, it's like a living organism, just growing every week. How exciting was it to just see somebody in a different color jersey across yeah. from you? No, it was, it was exciting. Uh, finally going up against uh, another opponent after preparing for, you know, all, all of August during fall camp, uh, working out summer, uh, spring, and, and winter. Um, and it was also also awesome just to have fans again, you know, back to, to some normalcy. It was, it was electric in there on Saturday. So, 
And you started the game with Mozzie Smith, who you guys came in together. What what did it feel like to to look down the line and see him? Uh, I think he was at the nose. You were at the at the three, just to to be playing together. Yeah, no, that, it was exciting. Uh, like you said, it came in together as freshmen in 2019, and it was just exciting to, to look to my right and see and see Mozzie. Uh, he's came a long way since freshman year, just with his body, his confidence, uh, his game, and it's just exciting to see him do what he uh, is finally just capable of doing on Saturdays. The relationship that you guys have, how important is that and how can you utilize that to be able to go out there and do things together that maybe somebody who you're not as familiar with wouldn't be able to do? Yeah, Mazi and I have a, have a really good relationship. Uh, like I said, it all started when we first got here. Um, he's just always uh, leaned on me on some things, you know, personal or whatever, like football, uh, and vice versa. And, and like you said, like it helps when you're on the field because we've gained that trust off the field. Uh, so when it comes to on the field, it's like second nature. Uh, I have a lot of trust in Mozzie that he's going to do what he needs to do, and I think he has trust in me to, uh, to know that I'm going to do what I need to do as well. When you guys are out there and you, you guys make a big play and then there's a penalty and you extend a drive, what's the conversation like <laughs> in the huddle regards to, hey, we got to make sure that we, we, that we still play with level heads, that we, you know, that we do what we have to do and we're excited, but what do you tell your teammates and what are they saying in the huddle to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Right. Um, like you said, uh, what, like the first drive, first mm-hmm. first drive of the game, uh, penalty that extended the drive. Yeah, I mean it's annoying, but but you got to move on. Uh, got to keep fighting. I think as a defense, we responded really well uh, from that drive. I mean from that series on. Um, I mean they didn't score for like eight straight series uh, after that first series. And, and as a defense, we just talk to each other, just keep our heads up, uh, keep level headed. Uh, you know, dumb penalties are gonna gonna hurt us uh, and not help us. Um, and just celebrate with our teammates. And and if we just do that, then we'll be successful. What type of advantage is it for you to play next to a guy with as much skill and as much talent and drive as Aiden Hutchinson? Man, playing playing with Hutch uh, for you know this this year and a little bit of last year before he got hurt um, has been great. Uh, he's a great dude on and off the field, and like you said, his drive. You ask anybody in this building, they'll talk about his determination just to be, just to be great, and it rubs off on rubs off on you in the weight room, in the front room, on the field, and, and just competing with him, um, it's, it's just it pushes you to a different level. Uh, it makes you it makes you great. It makes you play to a different level, and I appreciate Hutch for everything he does. How can you put that game behind you? You learn from it. Yeah. You watch the film, but you got to put it behind you and now focus on Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, you said it best. Uh, that was last week. Uh, we can't dwell on it, even though uh, even though it was a win. Most um, uh, Michigan was a solid team. I think we went out there and executed well. But, I mean, we have a very good Washington team coming in uh, this Saturday, and we got to put the last week's game behind us and focus on Washington because uh, we got to focus on just going 1-0 and every week. Um, and doing that, uh, you can't dwell good or bad on, on what happened the week before. A little bit of a different style of an offensive line as well. Different style of offense, more of a pro-style offense. Mm-hmm. But these dudes are big. Yeah. Uh, six, five, six, six. A couple of dudes I think are six, seven, but they all yeah. go somewhere between 300 and 330. How does it change your preparation knowing that you're going to be going against a bigger offensive line? Yeah, uh, Washington has a really good offensive line. Uh, I respect, uh, respect their game. Um, but big games cause uh, people to step up in big ways, and uh, you just got to prepare uh, every day. Uh, you know, not differently, but just 
focus focus on just being as perfect as you can be uh, every day in practice because like I said, they're they're respectful over line. Uh, just got to come come on Saturday and, and bring our stuff and bring our best uh, A game. If there was one thing that you said, you know what, I want to do this better yeah. against Washington than I did against Western, yeah. what would that one thing be? I have tighter hands. Uh, sometimes I, I would just catch myself having wide hands when I punch, um, and it's going to be crucial for me to just make sure I have tight hands uh, every play, get in there, get in the chest so I can control the alignment, uh, make plays when I need to make plays. I love it when those when those D linemen have wide hands. Man, I get my hands right <laughs> on their numbers. Yeah. Do what I want to do. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us, and uh, best of luck on tight hands. Yes, and uh, we'll be watching for that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, defensive line coach Sean Nua. This is Inside Michigan Football from Learfield. Welcome back to Inside Michigan Football, and I'm now joined by Michigan's defensive line coach, Sean Nua. And, Coach, thanks for joining us. Your estimation of how your guys did on Saturday. Thanks for having me, first and foremost. Um, we got the win, got the job done. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we're we're far from where we want to be um, in terms of just uh, proper execution and, and always effort. You mm-hmm. know, so – but it was good enough to get the W, and uh, we got to always – learn from our mistakes and it's it's harder to focus on those mistakes when you win now you know so you gotta you gotta dig deep and 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 find everything you can do to fix what do you do how do you make it so that those guys right they they're allowed to celebrate the win they're allowed to be happy about a win yet you don't want to gloss over the little things that if you don't get them fixed are going to bite you Exactly. Even if it's not next week, two, three, four weeks down the road. It starts with us, the coaches. It starts with the coaches to, to look uh, beyond the win. we got to look into the film and look at was our hand placements good, was our, our first strike good, base good, you know, pad level good. Um, you got to look into those things as deep as you can so that way the guys understand the real goal here is to is, is, is really perfection. Not to a, to a point where it's paralyzing us, but to a point where they understand, wow, you know, we really have to be better in this and consistent. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Aiden Hutchinson because there were times at the beginning of the game and people would ask me on the sidelines, why isn't he getting after the quarterback? Why? And then all of a sudden on the move that he put on the right tackle where you could see it all come together, he was setting him up for that moment. And he got him bending, slapped his hands down, and he was on the quarterback before the quarterback even knew what was going on. How smart – of a player is Aiden Hutchinson. Really, really smart. He's even beyond sometimes what what, what we think. You know, um, just him playing the game, he understands the entire game, you know, the, just the, the situations we're in, what we're trying to call, you know, how we're trying to get into those money downs. And even with his own one-on-one battles with his, the, with his guy that he's going against, um, he's a complete player. He's a complete player, and I'm talking about on and off the field, and especially on the field when he, you know, so happy for him. Don't they? I just wish he just grabbed the ball and go to the other the other direction. <laughs> Take know? it right out of his hands. Yeah, he, he didn't need to hit the quarterback. Yeah, he slapped it down, but um, very proud of him. You know, and there's more to come. How much putting those two conversations that we just had, trying to focus on those little things, how much of it is coming from you, but how much of it has to come from your upperclassmen in that room? 
if everything comes from us, then we're in trouble. It has to, like majority, it has to come from them. We can be there to spark it, give them ideas, what to look for, why we're looking at it that way. But at the end of the day, if, if it stops there, then we're in trouble. They have to take it from then on, you know, and they're doing a good job. They, you know, even in our meetings today, it was, it was a good mood, but you could also tell that they really wanted to get better. You know, so from now on, they got to take over and, and continue on from t- for tomorrow's practice, meetings, walkthroughs, whatever it is, they got to carry on that. Well, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about some of your, your young guys because you got a lot of young guys got some great experience. Uh, we'll talk about that next with Sean Nua. This is Inside Michigan Football from Learfield. Sean Nua, Michigan's defensive lines coach, has joined us here on Inside Michigan Football. And, Sean, we had a chance to talk about your headliner, Aiden Hutchinson. But there are so many guys that make up that defensive line. We just had a chance to talk to Chris Hinton. I know Mozzie Smith got his first start. We saw David Ojabo, Taylor Upshaw. I mean, the development of this defensive line and the depth of this defensive line, where is it? It's in a good place. It's in a good place, um, especially when you see guys like Braden McGregor, Chris Jenkins, mm-hmm. all those guys getting some experience, not because we're trying to get them. It, they really they really earned it. They really earned it through camp, um, and we wanted them to get that experience. It, you know, it, it's all fun and games at practice, but once you get in front of all those people, it's of how dialed in are you? You know what I mean? So it's in a good place to where it was really good to see them out there. Some guys – you know, when when the lights come on and the fans start cheering, they 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 really turn it on. Other guys sometimes they they crawl into a they corner. Yep. Um, Who would you have that you just it kind of you you were surprised that they just they took off and 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 they they gave a performance that you're like okay this guy's a gamer. Yeah, I mean Mike Morris, you know Mike Morris, a guy the name that stands out. Chris Jenkins, um, you know when you know they're on the side and you look in their eyes, they have clear eyes. They have clear eyes, you know, okay, these guys are good. You know, including Brady McGregor. You, you, you know, even though it, he didn't play a, a perfect game, but you can tell those young guys are hungry. And it was easy to tell. Uh, there, I mean, so many guys to, to talk about up front. But, um, um, you know, you, you look at Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton came in together. Um, and just how special was it to see those guys start the game side by side? It was awesome because they're both good young men, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And to see the competitiveness of, of, of Mozzie kick in when we told him he had to lose all that weight. He had to get in great tip-top shape mm-hmm. for him to even smell the starting position, for even playing, get some playing time. So he spent a lot of time, a lot of time talking to nutritionists, learning about what to eat, what not to eat. Um, being with us coaches, he's probably in the office more than we are, you know. So, and then same with Chris Hinton, just always wanted to perfect the craft, and just to see them out there was awesome. Uh, another guy, you've got a couple of guys that are labeled as freaks: uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Julius uh, Welshoff. Um, how competitive are those guys in just 
trying to go out there and one-up each other. Too competitive. Sometimes you saw Jabo got the freaking flag in the second play of the game. Um, so, okay, you, you you brought it up. I, was, I wasn't going to bring it. I was going to gloss over it a little bit. And it's one of those things where, hey, it, it happens in a game, and a win sometimes covers it up. Yes. What do you tell a guy that you know he's so excited and he's trying to celebrate with his teammates, but he cost you? It cost us. It can't happen. Um, fortunately for us, it was a win, and winning makes a, a teaching moment a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. Because they drove down the field and scored. Um, instead of us uh, putting them face third and long, they had to get – they got a first down, they drove down and scored. That cannot happen. We want to be elite. We have to be so mentally tough that we got to understand all of those situations, how to control our emotions, how to control – um, the way we celebrate. So um, that's how competitive they are. But we just got to make sure they understand we got to do it the right way. So you got 6'7", 330 coming to town. You got 6'5", 310. You got some serious size on this Washington football offensive line. Mm-hmm. How does it change or what's the message to the guys? All right, this is what we had to do against Western. Yep. Here's how we got to adjust against Washington. How yep. do you make that adjustment? You look at um, the game plan as a big picture. And whatever we come up as a staff, we got to say, this is what we need to do to win the game. And we find out what our role is up up front, and we got to execute that. You know, so it might be a completely different game plan. It might be a similar game plan. But whatever it is, we got to tell them, this is our job. We don't want to see who's coming in yet. We don't care what they do. This is just what we feel like we need to do. It's what we do first. And then we probably look at them and say, okay, this is why we're doing what we're doing, and then tell them to execute and react to what we're getting. Your impression of Mike McDonald. You've had a lot of different voices mm-hmm. in your headset. Um, what was his voice like throughout the game? Calm, very, very calm. Um, everywhere. I mean, I don't know if I've been around a lot of people that, would adjust the routes at the same time, yell at the front for not fitting up thing properly at the same play, you know. So he he did a really good job of making sure all of us are doing a good job helping him out. But he was pretty calm and and knows exactly how he wants to adjust throughout the game. Last thing before I let you go, Mm -hmm. there's always in-game adjustments. There's adjustments at halftime. When your guys come to the sidelines, Mm -hmm. how do you – how do you talk to them? How do you present them a change that you want to see in the next series? Well, first of all, if there is a change, if there is if there's no change, then there's always a, a thing that we can do better, you know. But if there is a change, we have to tell them why we have to have that change, and then they understand and they go out and execute. Um, you know, players these days they want to know why we tell them what to do, you know. <laughs> so we have to be really, really clear. This is why we're changing this, you know. Because some say, oh, it's a late change, you know. But no. It's got to. We got to have that kind of mindset of adjusting whatever Coach McDonald sees, you know, from from the offense. We got to have that mindset. Be like, okay, let's go do it. Well, Sean, appreciate you joining us, and uh, uh, best of luck as you continue to prepare for Washington. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Always. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Inside Michigan Football. If you missed any of tonight's show, check out the replay on Blue Podcasts. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.